0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, Depends on the Topic. I'm Chris, and I'm here with my friends Taylor, John, and Rob. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hey. What's going on? Hi. Okay. Yeah, that, that was weak. <laughs> hi, my name is Robert. Hello, Robert. Hi, my name is Taylor. Hello, Taylor.
1: This is what we have to deal with every week.
0: <laughs> hi, John. We just, uh, we pick a random topic every week to talk about. One person is going to lead it. They'll kind of set the ground rules and uh, lead the discussion. This week, that person is Taylor. I wish I could tell you what we're going to talk about, but that just depends on the topic.
2: All right, so this week, we're going to talk about travel. I went for this topic because all of us I know have traveled know that all of us want to travel more and we have some opinions and stories about where we've been and where we want to go so we're going to take some time we're going to flesh that out together so the basic questions i'm going to ask are what's the favorite place that you've traveled to where do you want to travel back to where would you like to travel for the first time ever and then we're going to talk about our weirdest travel experiences okay so that's going to be the the, basic framework and i think before we jump into that let's all take a quick second and talk through what level of traveler you consider yourself to be talk a little bit about where how many places you've lived because we're all you know military brats we've been around so let's talk take a quick second to talk about without going into too much detail take like a minute and say how much of a traveler you consider yourself to be And we'll fire off with Chris first. Okay. Okay. All right. This is an excellent
0: topic. I am not prepared at all. As far as the type of traveler, the level of traveler, I would consider myself... uh, Can I describe myself as a formidable traveler?
2: (laughs) Can you give me what the scale is? (laughs) I don't know what the scale is,
0: so I'm making it up. I would say... If it were something to be conquered, I would say that I have pretty much conquered it. Ooh. I have lived in many different places around the United States. I've lived in Europe, lived in the Pacific, traveled to many, many places surrounding that. And uh, the only continent I haven't hit is Antarctica. And uh, actually, no, I haven't been to South America either. So South America and Antarctica are the only continents I haven't hit. i hit a lot of countries. That's right. You did do Asia.
2: Okay. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I'm I'm good at traveling. Uh, I've done it so much. I enjoy it. I see it as a, a fun sort of travel. I've been to a lot. I don't even know how many countries I've been to, but I've been to a lot. So
2: I'll leave it there for now. Okay. John, where do you rank yourself as a traveler? Hmm. I...
1: To have lived a lot of places in the United States, never lived overseas. So, I would say I am whatever one step below formidable is.
2: You gotta tell me. I don't know the scale. <laughs> I don't know the scale either. Uh,
1: expert, well traveled. We'll go with well traveled. I guess I don't know.
2: <laughs> All right, Rob. So,
3: I would say that I'm probably one step below John. Um, cause I am also a military brat. Uh, but my dad got out of the, got out of the active duty military when I was, um, a good bit younger. So I think I was like eight or something like that. Pretty much spent my entire time. Uh, well, I have spent my entire time on the East coast of the United States, uh, except for I was born in Colorado and we did live in Germany for some time for three years. Um, and then I've spent some time overseas with the military. Um. As far so as other
2: than as some enormous as, exceptions in your life, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, but I wouldn't consider myself a good traveler because, like, for me, in, and I always get into this argument with people, I hate airports. So, like, my wife and I always argue, like, I hate the Atlanta Air- airport, which is what we have to fly out of all the time living in Georgia. And it's just, I, it's just stressful to me. It's like being in a hospital, it's stressful and busy. And, anyways. So I would say I'm right below John. I've been a lot of places, but I don't enjoy the traveling aspect. I like being where you're at,
1: you know if that makes any sense. But yeah, I would say so I've traveled a good bit. On a scale that we've just created, I think that'd just be considered traveled.
3: Slightly above the average level of traveled, yes, because I also have grown up with people like when I grew up, in, the most time I ever spent in one spot was up in Pennsylvania And there are a lot of people that I went to high school with that I don't think have ever left
2: Pennsylvania. And if they have, they went to Maryland. So, right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so far on the scale, we have Rob, you're ranking yourself lowest at what John calls traveler. And then John is well-traveled. Chris considers himself to be formidable. I'm going to rank myself as an expanding traveler. And you can put that wherever on the scale you want to. I I, I have a heart. For traveling, I want to do it, I want to go out there and go see everything that I can see and be everywhere I can be. all those kind of things, but I also recognize the the potential that's out there you You could travel your whole life and never go everywhere right like you just can't ever Literally get everywhere. everybody
0: has except for Santa hmm. Okay, (laughs) whatever that means. Nobody has been everywhere. Santa goes everywhere in one night. Yeah, nobody except for Santa Claus has been everywhere. Sorry, I didn't think that was that hard to get. Maybe I worded it Well, Santa
2: hasn't been everywhere. There's a lot of places that don't have houses. He's never been there. I've been to places that don't have houses. Maybe places in Santa. Houses aren't
0: a requirement, just like chimneys aren't. I had that question to my parents growing up, and they clearly explained that Santa can use the front door if he needs to.
1: I agree with Chris. I agree with Chris.
3: I
0: agree with Chris as
1: well, well, overrule Taylor, move on yep. <laughs> <Deal>. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right,
2: so having established a completely arbitrary non ranked scale of traveling here, we'll jump into it, so let's talk about the favorite place that you have been to, that you've traveled to now, we'll go same order. I think I started with Chris, right? start with
0: Chris, oh no, oh no, yes, sir, okay, uh I'm not ready the you're asking the favorite place I've traveled to? Your favorite place that you've traveled to? Oh my goodness, that is that's an impossible question.
2: And if you're if you're like, "Oh, I've got my top 5, but I can't select one." You can talk us through your thought. That's fine.
0: My thought is I've been to some really cool exotic places and they're so different and I feel like that's the fun part about traveling is to go somewhere that looks different, feels different, smells different, has a different culture. I don't know, man. Everything everywhere is awesome, but let me think of let me narrow it down. Like I, I'm sorry, I've just been to a lot of places, and I don't want to pick one and
2: feel bad about it later. Okay, well then we'll we'll bump on down. Who did I choose? Who's second in our rotation there? I believe it was me. Yes, it was me. All right, what you it got, John? Juan? <laughs> so. What was your favorite place?
1: <laughs> Ireland. I went there with my brother back in 2013 for a week, and it was the most fun I've had. Of traveling anywhere it was such a great
2: time talk me through what talk me through what you guys did and then what that kind of drew out of you as you traveled there
1: okay so we landed in dublin of course and our our goal was to initially kind of explore the southern coastline west on the coastline but we ended up cutting kind of diagonal through southern ireland We went after staying in Dublin for a couple days, by the way, if you ever go to Dublin, you've got to go to the Guinness factory because include I don't know if they still do this. It's been a while, obviously, but they had a free Guinness, including the ticket. And then you could either learn how to pour Guinness yourself or you could cash it in at the top where they had a gravity bar and it was a 360 panoramic view of Dublin it was mm. an amazing sight. Wow. Cute.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> it's pretty awesome.
1: Yes. And so instead of doing like a, a tour company, we just rented a car and just drove off on ourselves. We initially went to Newbridge, I believe. I think it was a Newbridge, I'm trying to remember. No, it was Glendalough. That's what we went to. A little national park they have, and it was beautiful there. And then we swung over to Kilkenny, Killarney up to dingle which is a fishing village but they're also famous for their pubs and whenever they close down you know everybody gets off work they all go to the pubs
3: is that is that the place where obi-wan became
1: one with the force i'm getting to that actually oh you should mention that (laughs) (laughs) and um (laughs) it bill You know, everybody's just having a good time drinking and people will be playing music, traditional Irish music. It's a great time. And then to what Robbie was saying, there are a couple islands. Of course, only accessible is by boat or helicopter called the Skellig Islands. And we went to the island called Great Skellig, which is where the Jedi temple was. And The Force Awakens. And it was actually a monastery that was built on top of this island. And it was just an amazing experience to see all the, you know, how they built things. Because they used, you know, brick and mortar. They stacked the bricks on top of each other. Like, it resembled a beehive. And it was, they did it in such a way, it was waterproof. So no mortar or anything. They just built it that way. Mm. It was cool. That's
2: really interesting. interesting. That is cool. Yeah. How hard are we going to kick Rob in the teeth for saying Obi Wan instead of Luke Skywalker? We're going to let him. Oh, shoot. Very hard. I messed
1: that up. I'm kind of offended right now. Friendship. I apologize. (laughs) Was that that Yoder
3: (laughs) feller? (laughs) That's where Uh, Dumbledore died. (laughs) (laughs) Which, Which might actually have happened there because the place where. No, he didn't die there. Never mind. Sorry. But he did. They were in a spot like that in Harry Potter, right?
2: One of the last movies. Let's move on and get Rob out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so, I had a couple crazy—I don't want to say crazy experiences, but very interesting experiences in Ireland. Pretty much the first day, we had a rental car, but they like to drive on the left side of the road, just like the you know, English do, the UK, and it's a—it's a bit jarring to get used to.
2: And Japan yeah. does that as well, and does Australia? I feel like Australia does. They do. No, they drive they do. upside down. They're upside yeah. down. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: a, I know you've been driving for twenty years. You know, got to relearn how to drive on a left side, and they're not like American roads, which are you know pretty wide.
2: They
0: are typical. Are, they're actually <laughs> pretty <laughs> narrow, especially
2: typical Americans <laughs> and their poor parents. <laughs> Having wide roads, <laughs>
1: but <laughs> yeah, but but they're kind of narrow, and so you're going 100 kilometers an hour down this kind of narrow road, and we're on our way actually to what was it called Glendale, and I think it was like a truck a little bit too close, so we rubbed up against the side of the curb, and then we went and did our thing at Glendale. You know, explored, walked around, came back, realized our tire is flat. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and so uh, obviously it's a car, so I'm like, I have no idea what's in this thing, so I started poking around the back. Thank God they had a full size tire, a uh, full size tire, and a jack and all the necessary things. So our first actual day exploring, I spent changing a tire.
2: <laughs> nice, dude. you not you're not exaggerating either. I mean, if, if ever this. And if we become super popular and somebody in Europe actually listens to us, they couldn't be rolling their eyes harder. But for the benefit of anybody American who listens to this podcast, the first time I drove in Europe, I was 19 years old. Okay, And I got on a back road, and there were there's no dividing line down the middle. This is a, a road where the speed limit is 100 kilometers an hour, 60 miles an hour. It's a 60-mile-per-hour speed limit. There's no dividing line. There's only the outside lines. And I was in Germany, so we're driving on the right side, which is what I'm used to. But even still when you come around the corner and you're doing 60 and they're doing 60 miles per hour and you got to pass somebody on a road that's an American lane and a half I mean it's not the width of a two lane American road it is they're narrow it's uh it's a clincher it makes you start paying yeah. attention so it does not surprise me that driving on the left side having to figure out that width distance you might have you might have check for the boundaries with your tires yeah.
1: It was a touch and go and then, no offense to any bicyclists out there, but it's also very nerve wracking when they're in front of you when you're trying to get around them on these also awesome narrow roads, so
2: And feeling on the yeah. wrong side the backwards. Oof. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: it was a it was a fun time.
2: <laughs> and you did this with your so, this is this is with your brother. This is my brother, yes. And it, how old were you at the time? I was twenty three
1: and he's five and a half years older than me.
2: That's a a really cool traveling group, and I like that a lot. And I'm sure that was special for you guys, going and having this unique experience together.
1: It was, and we, as brothers, want to do butt heads on occasion. And we certainly butted heads uh, in Ireland too about certain things. So uh, <laughs> it was still fun. We we managed to make it back in one piece and kill each other.
2: <laughs> if you've ever traveled one on one with any other human, you know that's going to happen. <laughs> whether it's your that's brother amazing. your wife anybody <laughs> like, that's 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 part of the value of traveling i think is you well I'll, maybe i could talk about more of this later i think actually i talked about it when i talked about motorcycle trip that I did with my wife which i'm not going to talk too much about in this episode um but that that was one of the value to us was in six weeks we on a motorcycle uh, oh. we consolidated. A year, probably, worth of experiences into six weeks. How many arguments we were going to have, how many new things we were going to see together, people we were going to visit, friends and things like that, all into that little time. So a lot of value. in. Yeah. So Ireland with your brother... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I was going to transition as well.
0: I thought of something that I could talk about for sure. Ireland with his brother sounds awesome. That's one of the places I haven't... I wouldn't say I've really been to Ireland. I've only stopped through in an airplane. A lot of military so, people have. Yeah. Shannon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, may I, may I uh, go with my favorite place I've traveled to? I think you're next, buddy. All right.
1: Well, I've got about six more hours worth can go on about <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> All right. So the favorite place that I've traveled to, I've actually been there at least twice. I've been nearby more Bavaria. To those who don't know, Southern Germany. Uh, absolutely beautiful. The first time I went was, and Taylor, I'm not including when I visited you in Germany, okay. um But when we went to the town of Garmisch-Partenkirchen <laughs> for Christmas, do you uh, Bless remember you. that? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a resort in that town called Edelweiss, and uh, well, now you so got to sing
2: the song. No, I don't.
0: So. <laughs> Anyway, I was my family uh, was going to the resort on Christmas, and at the time, I played music for the uh, the chapel where we lived, so I had to play on Christmas Eve. So I ended up getting a flight on Christmas Day to fly to Germany to meet my family after I had my my music obligation. So I get there on Christmas Day. Starts to get late. I'm like driving from the airport in Munich. I think is where I flew into, and I get there like 11 p.m. Still technically Christmas and it starts snowing. And it was magical. I hadn't seen snow in a long time at that point. I just remember it was really cool. The the town itself is gorgeous and beautiful. The resort's beautiful. It's right next to one of the largest, actually the largest, uh mountain in uh Germany, I think. Uh Zugspitz. Anyway, it's this giant mountain and you're just at the base of it so you just like look up and you're just you just see this huge mountain just out of nowhere in this uh beautiful german town so i remember i got there it was snowing it was christmas saw my family it was great they were getting ready for bed so i went out to the hot tub at the resort still snowing grabbed a beer sat in the hot tub with a beer while it was snowing like staring at this like beautiful moonlit mountain on christmas and uh that was kind of the start to to a, just an awesome trip and it's a beautiful place i went there one more time i think it was the fall no it was fall because i ended up going oktoberfest in munich nearby um so in the winter it's absolutely beautiful so it's, it's an actual winter wonderland like when you imagine the stereotypical christmas snowy well bavarian style houses like it's that's it was beautiful it's just like that but in the late summer early fall there was no snow it felt just it just felt nice like that it was just beautiful these uh, green fields everywhere until you get up right up to the mountain so the contrast there was cool it had like a sound of music vibe probably because you know, nearby where that's supposed to take place really it's just an all-around awesome place to visit i would totally
2: go back which of those was the trip i was visiting the same area like legitimate happenstance our families linked up at noise von stein
0: that must have been the first one right after Christmas, unless I've been there another time and I forgot. And I don't think I have. Because <laughs> um, we went snowboarding, right? Yep. You yeah, so snowboarding Christmas. Um, interesting tidbit about, so that town, Garmish-Partenkirchen, was originally two towns. Garmish was one and Partenkirchen was the other, and they were split by a river, and the two towns would feud constantly. Well... When Hitler was in charge over there, I think before World War Two, they were having the Winter Olympics and they were going to hold them at Garmisch or Partenkirchen. But anyway, the town was and these two towns across the river were in such a feud. Somebody came down and was basically like, "Stop fighting, you're one town now," (laughs) and like force them to cooperate so that way they could have a successful Winter Olympics. Fun fact, there, super
2: interesting. That is fun fact. Yeah, that link up that we had, Norge von it was one of the cooler moments. I'm definitely on my, my, my top 10 list of travel moments because now, we'd been texting for, for each those other. Who, well, for those who haven't been there, that, yeah.
0: that's the castle from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, actually, that
2: they fly around. And the artistic inspiration for Cinderella's castle, for Disney. Yes. That's what it did. I mean, it's incredible. It was a later build. It was 1800s. And it's a palace sort of thing that he was trying to build. A bunch of goofy stories surrounding that and how he died and all kinds of interesting stuff, but, yeah. but so, so beautiful. We were texting. Yeah. We we're texting back and forth, trying to link up. Our families are close, but Chris and our best friends have been for a long time. And so we were trying to coordinate our travels in the same area. He lived in Spain. I lived up in Germany at Ramstein air base. We we're both visiting the same area at the same time for Christmas. So we we're trying to link up. And it turns out we were both going to hike and we von Stein on the same day. Our families had both planned those independently. So when we got there, We linked up literally in the shadow underneath one of the most famous castles in the world.
0: Very romantic castle. (laughs) What a beautiful (laughs) moment in our friendship. I mean, what you just, what you just
2: described, my goodness. It's, it's storybook stuff. And so our, our parents, I think all had set up or maybe yours or maybe mine. I don't know. Some combination had set up to go do the, like, higher dollar tour of the palace. And I was like, you know what? I think I would like a beer. And you were like, you know what? I think I would too. We're in our early twenties. Our families won't have to go do their thing. We sat down and had a beer. Makes know time
1: That is so adorable. <laughs> it, was Unbelievably one, so.
2: It, was, it was wonderful. And that is going to be my very sloppy transition to going back to Rob's. Now back to you, Rob, Let's talk about favorite place. So I would say two,
3: I have two different ones. One, which uh, I, I know Chris has been there before, um, and I think it's a really cool place um, that a lot of people probably wouldn't think of, and I think it would be an awesome tourism site if it were a, a, you know an actual option. But uh, Afghanistan, I went there with the military, very cool spot, lots of beautiful mountains, great people, the good ones. Um, just generally a beautiful area. Like the mountains are gorgeous, super high altitude. Uh, but obviously, you really can't just go there. So I'm going to go to my second option, which was, and I actually did have fun there, by the way, uh, on and off. But my second option is a place called Silverton, Colorado, which I only got to spend
2: a day there. Uh, which, Taylor, did you go there on your bike trip? We did pass through Silverton. And I think that's the place that they call like little no. switzerland that's not little
3: switzerland no no it's it's that's uh core or aure or something like that aure o u r a y you coloradians um that's little little switzerland but silverton is the same way like if you google pictures of silverton colorado absolutely gorgeous it's like an old western town in the middle of just a ton of giant mountains um Rachel and I we drove through there when we were up there on vacation uh, and then ended up driving up on some crazy mountain roads that were like, I mean, we took a a rental truck. We had a Ford Ranger took it up on these crazy little dirt roads out in the middle of nowhere with like wild switchbacks. We drove through like a, like there was an avalanche that had come through there and they had like plowed out the avalanche so you could drive through and the, you know, the snow was like you know, 15 feet high on either side of the road. It was wild. But uh, no, I mean, Silverton, uh, they had a little place called Avalanche Brewing Company that we had gone to. I remember that very vividly. Really good pizza. Um, met the, the waitress we had there. It was the weirdest thing. We were talking to her. She's like, oh, where are you guys from? And we're like, oh, we're in Statesboro, Georgia. And she was like, oh, my dad's from Statesboro, Georgia. I grew up there, but I moved out to Colorado. It was like the wildest thing because, I mean, small town person meeting another small town person in a small town in Colorado. Um but no, that area is super gorgeous. Tons of like, you know, things that we all like. Like they had ATV rental places all over where you could get those little um like not dune buggies, but pretty much, um, for riding out in the mountains. Um, but just look up Google or Google image Silverton, Colorado. Awesome place. Uh, definitely would go back if I had the opportunity and spend more time out there. But it's just, you know, mountains all around you. You know, you're at one point I had my I was checking the altitude that we were at and at one point we got well over a mile high um and then came down into this little valley area which was Silverton. Uh still super high up but uh no. That, I I would say that area just because you know there's so much stuff to do there, little shops. I, I'd love to go back and explore more of it, but um very cool town. Highly
2: recommend it. Would and you it, say that you had the Rocky there. Mountain High?
3: Uh I mean were probably you traveling home John, to a
2: place you'd never been before?
3: Um probably not the way that John uh John Denver meant it, but yes, I would I would say that uh Rocky Mountain. <laughs>
2: I was for sure a real thing in that town. <laughs> I got into an argument with my mom one time, and she's like, "That song's about drugs." And I was like, "It's kind of about drugs, but it's that's like to me it that's a secondary meaning. I cuz I think that song's about falling in love with I think it's falling in love with the mountains. And the yeah. the drug reference is like an example of what it's like to experience the Rocky Mountains for the first time, and they use the drugs as an as an explanation of how you might feel with the mountains being the primary meaning of the song, but maybe I'm overthinking everything. It's just about doing weed in Colorado, which it,
3: fine. which is possible, yeah. But no, so it's funny. It's funny you kind of mentioned that it kind of sparked a thought for me. So my wife and I have that conversation all the time about places in the United States. And all of you guys listening that are outside of the U.S., my personal opinion is that we as Americans, well, I guess this is for Americans too, we as Americans have so many places that we could go in the continental United States that are just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And you hear people all the time, they're like, oh, I want to go to Europe, I want to go here, I want to go here. And that's great. I'm not knocking that at all. But you could go to a place like Silverton, Colorado and get that like Switzerland type experience um, and then not even have to fly over an ocean. So I'm a huge advocate for just exploring the U.S. Um, because it's, it's easier for us Americans. It's it's cheaper. It's you know, and there, there's so many things on this continent that I have not been able to even explore. So as much as my wife hates it. I personally, before I want to go back to Europe or any of those other places, I want to explore more of the spots in the U.S. like areas in Colorado that kind of are like
1: Europe, if not, in my opinion, better. I think it (laughs) might have to be, it's just accessibility. Oh, we live in uh, the United States. We can go whenever. I could go tomorrow to the Grand Canyon as opposed to going to Germany where, oh, well, I have to plan this out. I have to hop on a plane. I have to make sure my passport. So it's more...
2: Yeah, to, in my
1: opinion, of an adventure. Yep, I'm gonna. I, I, I get you.
2: you. guys are both super right, and Europe has things to offer that America just doesn't with the history. But as far as terrain, America's got everybody beat. I mean, South America we have everything. South America has everything that North America has, so that's fine. But traveling inside of the United States of America, we've got it. You've got you can go to a desert, go to a beach. You can go to a mountain, you can go to the woods, you can do whatever you want right here. That was my number one takeaway from that motorcycle trip that we did, six weeks on the road. We did all four corners of the US, every coast. And at the end of it, I thought, "What? why do Americans leave America to go travel? It's all right here. They speak the same language. Now I'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek because other cultures have a ton to offer to yes. the human experience, right? Like, I think
1: that's the second part is experiencing a different culture. Yeah. For example, when I went to Ireland, sure, they spoke English and sometimes Gaelic. And it's just mind-blowing to experience, holy crap, I'm on the other side of the world experiencing this whole new side of things that I've never experienced before.
2: Yeah, there's like, something. For example. Oh, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, my brother and I were wrapping up our trip we went to these tombs that were in Newbridge. And these are circular tombs that, I can't remember if they're actually tombs or, or some sort of burial ground, but what it was, essentially, it was like a pagan place where they used to worship the solstices. And they designed one of these tombs that on a specific point of a solstice, the sunlight would come in and light up the entire tomb. The tour guide lady that was with us, she actually stepped outside, and shined a flashlight in, and it just partially lit up the whole tomb. As a, I just can't even imagine what it'd be like experiencing it with the actual sunlight coming through. It was an amazing thing. So I think the so other thing's culture. So kind of like
3: a uh, like a dwarven door from Lord of the Rings. Sure, if you want to call with, it that. I mean, <laughs> that's where they got it from.
2: That is that is exactly where they pulled that air token. Pulled that influence from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's something special about traveling where you're at. And, hey, there's people here that speak my language. And there's something really educational about looking another human in the face. And I don't know the words you're using. And you don't know the words I'm using. But I would like to buy that, whatever, gallon of milk. And here's the coins in my hand. Like, there's... Take take what you need, I'll take the milk. <laughs> I guess we'll just kind of and not be able to talk to him. There's something special about that. I mean, I lived in Germany for a year, most of them speak english they' all, they'd learn English in their elementary school, but they don't you they don't retain it at all. I didn't learn much more sorry, German
1: correction. It was New Grange and not
2: uh newbridge sorry new Neugri- New Grange is where I went <laughs> okay well that's it's a good correction. It's good to have those things right.
0: That reminds know. me of... So, I lived in Spain. Uh, I took Spanish in, in high school, lived in Spain for a few years, and then later on, I went to Guatemala. The Spanish is different. Uh, one, what they teach you in high school with what they speak in Spain, and then what they speak in Guatemala. And then in uh, Guatemala, they also speak Cachaquel, which is an, a Maya language. But the... Spanish there was really frustrating because certain words were completely different.
2: So it's still Spanish, but for the same item, they'll use completely different words?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, if you said mud bug and I said crawfish, right? Uh, Except we know what we're talking about, and I feel like they were playing dumb. I'm like, (laughs) like I was driving a van for the group, and we had uh, low air in the tires, and I was trying to ask for air in the tires, and they were just confused. And then when they found, like, I, I tried explaining that I wanted air, so in so many different ways, they just, they couldn't get it. When we finally did communicate it, they were basically like, oh, no, you don't need any air. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what? I was like, what? It was so frustrating. And then when they finally, like, I wasn't getting the right word for air. They call it something else. And uh, when they finally said it, it was so similar, I'm like, come on, guys you know what I was trying to say. <laughs> like, And I was pointing to it. <laughs> they are probably just messing with me. But it was so frustrating. Um, That's like, wor- <laughs> like... <laughs> it's, like,
2: it's like if you go into uh, a diner in Georgia and you're like, I would like a soda. And they're like, we don't Excuse serve me? soda here. Would you like a Coke? <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it is really confusing when I uh, when I tell people in Guatemala that I wanted to drive my car. Because the word for car there is different than it is in Spain and it ends up coming out as pig. I thought I wanted to drive my pig coche. In uh Guatemala, coche is pig, carro is car, in Spain, coche is car. So it was it was kinda of, so kids would laugh at me when I said words like that that I didn't know were different in Guatemala. It's kinda of fun. <laughs>
2: it's like uh I'm a Berliner saying I'm a donut. I feel like that was Kennedy. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't speak German so I can't remember how it is but he's tried to say that he's a Berliner but he used the wrong intonation so it came out as instead of saying <laughs> I'm a Berliner he said I'm a jelly donut <laughs> <laughs> that's so okay. that's awesome was, yeah okay and they all cracked up and they loved it because they knew what he meant but it was just he said it wrong he pronounced it yeah, wrong absolutely okay so that wraps up the first question the favorite place you have traveled to oh no it doesn't I didn't go you didn't go Interlaken Switzerland is mine. It's it's a town but it represents sort of the region around what, the town. What's the name of it? Interlaken. Interlaken. I thought you said
0: Interlock in Switzerland.
2: Oh, yeah, no. Interlaken Switzerland it means in in between two lakes, Interlake
0: Interlaken. Interlaken.
2: Ah. Oh. Yep, yeah, it's right between these two giant lakes in Switzerland the lakes are astounding because you're in the Alps. So the the ridge lines from the mountains continue down, and the lakes are insanely deep, like fifteen hundred feet deep lakes. They don't look; they're not that they're they're big. They're very large lakes, uh, but the the depth of them is enormous. Whatever, fifteen hundred feet, hugely deep. And the the color and the clarity of the lakes is beautiful. The mountains are beautiful, and the whole area around it is like an outdoorsman's paradise. And I went there for a week as a camp counselor. Um, I was in college and I went, it was like a, a camp for all the um, American Baptist churches in Europe would have a, a camp there. So there was not that many, but a, a, a few different churches represented all their high school kids would come together and they would recruit for the families that were inside those churches college-age camp counselor. So I went as a camp counselor to go there. Um, and it was a, a great camp experience, you know, a good teaching and learning and getting to know the kids and kind of coaching them through that phase of life that they were in. And the surrounding area was insane. And we got to do all these cool adventure things together, biking and climbing and hiking, just spend tons of time just looking at the mountains. I mean, just staring at them. You can just sit there and look at them forever to at least i can and i did a lot of time and there was one particular experience where there was these two older high school boys who were 17 and 18 i think so we became good friends i sort of had the mentorship position but i was you know we were close enough to being peers we were up talking about life and you know the kind of things you talk about at, at a camp and they wanted to go hike up this mountain i was like guys it's like already getting dark we can't really go and they're like come on man and i was like hold on a second so i went to the guy who's leading the camp and i was like hey i'm gonna take these guys we're gonna go hike and he was like you know what okay so we grabbed some flashlights a couple snacks and we kind of checked out and we went and started walking up this mountainside we went up the say it was the same trail we'd been during the day so we knew where we were going and we got up into some of the higher country. You know, you're sitting there talking about what's going on with people's families, relationships, friends, the kind of things that we're all processing through at that age. Looking at the stars, it was insane the amount of clarity and brightness from the stars that you get. In that you don't have a lot of light pollution. You don't have a lot of air pollution because you're high elevation. And we were just sitting there like, oh, that was a meteor. That's a meteor. That's a satellite. There's the Milky Way everything you could possibly imagine seeing in the sky was just right there in front of us. And it was a very powerful, I don't know, hour, hour and a half, probably we sat up there. Um, made a great connection with those guys. It was really special. And we all experienced the beauty of nature in a really, really special way. So I'm going to say interlocking for my favorite place I've traveled. And particularly those few hours hiking with those guys was really, really special, but even the other experiences of zip lining and doing the high ropes courses, whitewater rafting, all the fun adventure things that could be crammed to do a week of, of camp there. It's an outdoorsman's paradise. Tons and tons of stuff to do. If you Google image search it and compare it to Silverton, Colorado, I think you'll see they look very similar. But I'm going to go with the history of architecture and interlocking to set it apart because it's been there forever. And so you got all these old churches and buildings. Uh, this is how I'll wrap this up. the The full hike that we did took us up really, really high. We had to take a uh, gondola up first, and then we hiked for a couple hours and got up. and At the what feels like the end of the world, there's a little restaurant up there. I mean, it's like a single track trail on alpine like mountainside with glaciers around you. It's like, oh, there's a restaurant. I guess we'll have a, I guess we'll have a brat instead <laughs> of coke. Like, yeah. And this we're That's up there. A soda here sir <laughs> yeah and and the, this dude came running up, he was a marathon runner, or like what do you call it? ultra marathon long distance runner, kind of guy, ultra runner, dude was probably seventy years old, and he just came trucking past us at you know this little run pace that he had, and he's he like, oh, there he goes, We can hardly breathe at this high altitude, and he's just you know, pedaling on past us, and then he. We got up there and he was sitting there having a beer at the restaurant. I was like, ah, you have figured something out in life that not many people (laughs) have figured out. And I hope I can get there one day. That was pretty cool. That's great. All right. So that wraps up favorite place you have traveled to. Okay. And let's try to be pretty quick on this next section. Where would you like to travel back to and why? All right. Here's what I'm going to do I'm going to think out loud
0: to you guys. I want to travel back. Somewhere that I really enjoyed, that I think my wife would also really enjoy, and that it would be a good trip for us to go on as a family, because most of my traveling has not been with my family. I think it would probably be somewhere in Europe. Trying to think what my wife would like. I think either can I can I do an either? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, my either would be paris or england just like london area and i say that because those are those are like the, the big ones right um my wife would be most familiar with and i think if we took a trip all the way over to, to europe and like didn't go to one of the big ones it probably wouldn't <laughs> i don't know I i don't think we'd do that so I think it makes sense before I start picking, you know, Bavaria again, which I do want to take my wife there one day. I think I would, I would say maybe Paris, take my wife, um, my family to, to see something like that
2: first. Have you, and you, you have done Paris before.
0: Yes, I have. I've done France a couple of times, but Paris, I say Paris because it's the, you know, it's the big place you can go in. Did oh just... my goodness, I just remembered another place I traveled to that would be my favorite. <laughs> okay, well quick caveat I'll to that. It later.
2: What would have been your favorite if you thought of it in time?
0: Bruges, Belgium.
2: Okay. You don't get to follow that in for anything okay. else, just you get to say it. Okay. Um so you you did you do Notre Dame when you did Paris before? Before it burned? Uh yeah. So did yeah. I, man. And it was yeah, it was pretty powerful. Yeah, there's place.
0: there was a lot of stuff I thought about Paris. It was really interesting because the history. Obviously, they've got the older than the United States history. Like that, anywhere as an American traveling anywhere in Europe, everything is old. <laughs> you're like, what? This is from the 1400s, the 1200s. What? Um, so it's kind of mind-boggling as an American. But also, there was, uh, I don't know, some of the more modern history. Um, and when you're learning about it how it almost parallels the United States in a lot of ways. Some of that was really neat, um, especially in France the, with the liberal yeah, exactly. revolutions. And the, yeah, that's what I mean. That's so, so yeah. some of the stuff there. Um, the Eiffel Tower is really cool. The city itself is um it's a really cool city. But yeah, I'd like I'd like to take take my wife there and I think she'd like to see it.
2: Cool. So, John, okay. Where would you like to travel back to and why?
1: I think I would like to swing back through Ireland again because I, I, you need more
2: than a week to
1: really explore a lot of the stuff <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But like uh, you went to the cliffs of Moher, which is just this beautiful trek along the West coast of Ireland. I don't know how many miles it's like 10 miles or so of just these massive cliffs. And it's just gorgeous. And it's cool because they've got little watchtowers, sparkle. not sparkle, but places out that are really neat to the walk in and see around. Cause I really would like to do some Northern Ireland stuff too. Go to the Giants Causeway because it looks really cool. I really, really want to go back.
2: <laughs> All right. And you would you try to travel back there by yourself or with your brother or somebody else?
1: I would be open to traveling back with my brother or someone else if they want to come along. Cool. Okay.
2: And, Rob, what about you? Where would you like to go back to you've the- been before?
1: All right. Um,
3: right. I'm going to keep kind of keep on track with what I was saying before and uh, stick to the best country in the world that I have been blessed to be born into. Um, <laughs> so I want to go back to New Hampshire, which sounds weird. Because it's just Hampshire. It's like one of the small states we have. But growing up, we did go up there for Christmas one year with a, a aunt and uncle and some cousins. Um, and it was one of the first truly white Christmases that I ever had. Um, we actually had like a blizzard roll in. Uh, the place that we were staying at, we were in a cabin. Um, like literally anything and everything you can imagine for like a, the ideal Christmas, it, it happened. Like we went... Ice skating on a on a little lake that had like a bridge that you could skate under that was frozen. Um, We went snowmobiling on on the same frozen lake. Um, We went on a a sleigh ride. I mean, it was awesome. Um, And especially as my daughter is getting older, um, she's she loves the snow. She took after me. Loves the cold. Unfortunately, she is uh, doomed to live in the south. Um, But you know, she's she wants to go back because you know builds. Build snowman. She built a snowman in Colorado. So New Hampshire is probably a little bit more of a feasible option because you know you can just fly up the East Coast, to like Massachusetts uh, or something like that, and then just drive on up. But yeah, I would say New Hampshire.
2: I don't think I've ever heard you tell that story about Christmas thing in New Hampshire. That's awesome, man. Yep. Yep. All right. And I think if I was going to travel back to somewhere that I've been before. I'm going to take the same line of thought that Chris had of like, where would my family like to go with? Me? And I'm going to go with Hawaii. Cause I haven't been there since I lived there. I lived there when I was ages 16 to 18. So that's 12 years ago now. And I loved it. I did the surfing thing, hiking, got to know the Island, lots of snorkeling. I never scuba, but I did lots of snorkeling. Um, and my wife's never been. She's always wanted to go. She also does want to do a European trip. So I'm with you on that, Chris. Yep. But you, you can do Hawaii, at least Oahu. You can do Oahu in a week, and you could go over to the Big Island, or you could do Kauai or something else too in there for a day or two if you wanted. But you can't do Europe in a week, not really. We had when we did our motorcycle trip, our original plan in that time was frame, to drive to Hawaii was to drive to Hawaii. <laughs> we figured out there's a problem. No, we, on the land bridge. We, we had originally a, sketched a car, out. just roll the windows up. <laughs> yeah. Hold the gas down <laughs> and hope. No, we had originally sketched out to go do backpacking in Europe because we had that same window of, of time and money and opportunity. We were going to go backpack Europe. And then we pivoted, bought the motorcycle and did America, which I'm glad we did. But that's not to say it doesn't come without sort of the, the loss of not having done Europe. So Europe's on the table for us, hopefully, one day. But Hawaii would be in the immediate future. That's what I would go back to. Because you can do it. I mean, you can stay at the cool places. You can maybe do a little night or two camping or whatever. Hit the major beaches. You can experience kind of the... At least the main breadth of Oahu inside of a week. But you can't do it. In Europe, you need trips on trips on trips to, to really do it. So
3: can I play a uh, devil's advocate for Hawaii? Please. So my wife and I honeymooned in Hawaii. We were there for just at a week on Oahu. And it was a very enjoyable time. Beautiful scenery. The fact that you can merge mountains with beaches, you know, in the same, I mean, you can sit on the beach and look at the mountains. That's pretty awesome. I don't know if I'd ever go back to Hawaii. It was, uh, it was, it was um, a little bit too busy. I feel like the driving there, like you talk about Ireland being stressful. I feel like some of the worst driving I've ever experienced was in Hawaii, just because. And I'd imagine it's the folks that just grew up there; they just don't know any better because they just literally live on this tiny little island. But well, uh, most, kinda, I, 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 most of the people there are that tourists. Most of
2: the people are tourists. Didn't it, give me time.
3: That is true. That is true. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I kind of by the end of the week that we were there, I was kind of like, "All right, let's get back to uh, the real world. Let's get off this little tiny island in the middle of the Pacific." Um, but no, it's—I mean, not to say it's not gorgeous, but I'm gonna just a little devil, devil's advocate thrown in there. Uh, okay. Well,
0: it's well double devil's advocate. Personally. I want to double devil's advocate you, since I know that your wife lived there and got you to take her back there for a honeymoon. So I think
2: the yeah, Rob Taylor's said, argument. Because she's my sister, so consider yourself <laughs> advocated. I don't know how this works.
0: Oh no, you just didn't. She just advocated you.
2: <laughs> okay, so the, my major counter to that would be, I also I lived there, and I could probably put together a trip that would take you mainly away from the touristy traps. That would be so frustrating to feel like you're at Disney world waiting in line to go into the major things, you know, we'd hit the ones you got to hit. And we do them hopefully at the times of day that aren't as busy, but also if you really, really want to do Hawaii, but you want to get away from the, the, that feeling of like, there's so many people here. Why are there so many people get off the road? I'm trying to get to the beach. You can't stay on Oahu. You can either go to the big Island and do let me think about this there's two major sides to it one is the oh i'm gonna blank there's there's a more popular side and a less popular side the less popular side it has worse weather but it's was the one that was originally accessible by plane so it's got an a cool old school like 60s feel to it still like the hotels and stuff you go to because most of the money goes to i think it's the kona side is the better side I don't know. Someone's yelling at me right now, but I can't remember. But the one that has the worst weather is actually, I think cooler to go to because it's like not as many people. It's like old school feeling, or you go to one of the other smaller islands, Molokai, Kauai, uh, Lanai. And I would say Kauai. I think Kauai is the one to go to. If you want to re- Oh, yeah, Moana, uh, <laughs> Yes. Um, no,
3: so I, I, so I obviously did not go to any of those islands. We were only on Oahu the whole time. So I guess I will recant what I said and say I would not like to only spend time on Oahu yeah. because it was a little bit too congested for what I would have, I guess, preferred.
2: Yeah, it is. But it was still,
3: it was still beautiful, and it was a great experience. Um, it was just, just.
2: <laughs> yeah, man, I I lived there for two years and every once in a while I would look around and be like, Man, there's a lot of people here. There's just a lot of yeah. people. And a lot and if you go to the right beaches, the beaches aren't crazy. If you go to Waikiki, it is. But if you go to some of the That's more
3: where our hotel was
2: <laughs> Yeah. If you go to some of the minor beaches or if you go to the popular beaches early in the morning, they're not so bad. I mean they, yeah, it's it's busy. People say that New York City is the town that never sleeps. I think Waikiki is the city that never sleeps. I said it's a town, city, whatever. The city that never sleeps should be... Honolulu. Yeah. What I say? Waikiki? Yeah. Well, Waikiki yeah. is a section of Honolulu. But yeah, Honolulu, because people travel there from everywhere, right? They come from Asia and they come from America. You're right in between. So all the time, every single day, people are landing there from every time zone, pretty much around the world. So everything is 24 hours in Waikiki because there's always business because somebody just landed and needs a sandwich or wants a beer or wants to figure out their rental car. Like all the time is there's people moving around doing stuff because they just landed or they're about to leave or they haven't adjusted yet or whatever. That's fun about Waikiki. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, if, if I were to go back, I'd probably do like a day on a Wahoo. Go To one beach, maybe travel the you know, drive the circle of the island, whatever, and then um, go back and 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 go to a different island. I'd probably do Kauai, I think, of all the ones that I did, Kauai was the coolest because it's still got the old school Hawaiian feel because it hasn't totally been like inundated with tourism yet. So you've got like older buildings, small town feel. So that's Kauai, I think. All right. I think that's the full circle of where you would like to travel back to. Everybody went right. I was the last. Yes. Okay. All right. Very quickly, with an answer and a short explanation of why. Where have you never been that you would like to go for the first time? And let's scramble the order this time, okay? So I think we're gonna go John first. You're not allowed to say Ireland, John, because you have been to Ireland.
1: (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) Oh, what Scotland I really? <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> I, 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 I would actually like to visit Scotland, but I also would like to visit Germany just because I've always been fascinated with German culture and also beer, brats, and things like
2: that. Sounds like you got German culture figured out, man. <laughs>
1: I know there's a lot more to it, but just to see the castles and the Black Forest, and I think
2: I really need to go and, and visit. The castles are cool, man, and the Rhine Valley. Yeah.
0: I can, I would very highly recommend Germany, uh, if you've never been, and you like outdoorsy stuff, especially Germany's beautiful. Uh, yeah. I probably would have said that for where I wanted to take, uh, to go back to, except I already talked about it.
2: Yeah. Okay, Chris, where would you like to go for the first time?
0: Yeah. Um. So I've always wanted to go to Japan, and I have not been to Japan. Um, the culture seems very interesting to me. Um, it looks beautiful. Like the, it's earlier, <laughs> earlier I said, um, that what I like traveling so much is because you go places that are different, that, that look different, that feel different, that, that smell different, that sound different, that have like completely different cultures. And, um, I, I like that. And that's Japan is one of those places. So. I I really want to try Japan one day,
2: dude. I felt that in in Qatar. Uh, I was there on business, but uh, yeah, that the that idea of like everything smells different, everybody conducts themselves differently. You feel yourself acting differently, like it's yeah. I, there's something to that. That's cool. So Japan, okay. And Rob. Where uh, where are you going for the first time?
3: All right, so I have two, and I promise I'll be super quick with it, but I feel like they both have to be mentioned. One, I want to go to Scandinavia in general. Probably Norway would be my ideal selection Mm -hmm. just because it looks gorgeous. Um, From the research I've done, you can pretty much camp anywhere you want. and um, It's expensive, but it'd be fun. Number two, uh, Romania. Um, We served with some Romanian dudes on deployment, and they were super nice people. They made their home country sound awesome, and um, so I'd really love to go there. It I think it has kind of like a, and excuse my ignorance, uh, if anyone that is listening from Europe, but it sounds almost like kind of like Switzerland is the way they made it sound. Just beautiful mountains, lots of like you know vineyards, places like that. So um, Scandinavia, Romania, those are my two places.
2: Good answers, man. I- <laughs> I'm I'm feeling just echoing all of your answers. I literally was going to say Japan first and as we've sat here and talked for my place that I've not because I've never been to Japan, I'd like to the rich rich history and culture mm, feeling that. I think I'm going to pivot though and I'm going to say Ireland because my family has a pretty strong history there and it's not too far removed. I think I could find I think I could find some history of my family there if I really dug into it. Either homes or castles or whatever. Just because you like Jameson does not mean that you are from Ireland. I actually don't like Jameson that much. I, I li- Oh wow. Oh wow. I like it, but I don't like <laughs> it that much. No, my name. Um I know, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's a it's a very distinct Irish name. And if you look up the history of my name, my last name I mean Taylor is a Scottish name, but it's a different family name, but my
1: That's beside the point. My actual
2: surname is very Irish, and the descriptions of them are... For anyone who doesn't know, it's Irishman. It's Irishman, yeah, Irishman. (laughs) Okay, so I try to rush us through those two topics where you'd like to go for the first time and where you'd like to go back to because I know weird travel experiences are the best part of traveling. That's why you go. It's not about, well, it is a lot about getting to the place and learning some new things. But if you put yourself out there and you go travel somewhere, like you're going to run into some goofy experiences. So I want to talk about your weirdest travel experience. So does anybody have one on queue that wants to go first?
3: I do have one, actually.
2: I yes. hope you're going to tell the story that I hope you're going to tell. Go ahead, Rob. Tell me your story. No pressure. That's,
3: pressure. That's a lot of pressure because I don't know if it's the one that you're expecting. But um, so, and if I don't tell the story, you can remind me and I'll tell that story. But um, so, no, recently, my wife and I uh, went on our first ever cruise. Is this the one you were wanting to? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we went on our first ever cruise. So we came out of—I love when people say Orlando because Orlando is like in the center of Florida, but that's where everybody says they—you they, know—cruised out of. Anyways, we we came out of Orlando or wherever it is that Port Canaveral or Cape whatever. Canaveral. It is where, uh, yeah, yeah. So we cruised down Florida, went to the Gulf of Mexico, went right by Cuba, and then went down towards Mexico. Now, I cannot, for the life of me, remember the name of the island. Oh, actually, no. I just remembered it. it's Cosmo. Cosmo. Yep. So we went to Cosmo, and uh, we get off the ship. Uh, I went ahead and was able to pop a Corona open with my flip-flops that have a bottle opener on the bottom for the first time ever. That was super cool. And then my wife and I are walking around trying to figure out what we're going to do because we're going to be there, like, the whole day. So – um, everybody on the cruise ship was like, oh, we're going to go to this part of the island. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. They're going to take ta- you know taxis, all sorts of stuff. Well, my wife is a big planner. So when we go on these trips, she, she had already picked out where she wanted to go on the island. And it was going to be super expensive to rent a taxi. Um, so I decided or recommended, hey, instead of a taxi, why don't we just rent a scooter? And we'll go ahead and ride the scooter to that spot because I love riding motorcycles. And scooters are pretty fun. And she was all for it. So we went ahead and rode on the scooter and we're riding up this, you know, two lane road or so I thought, um, you know, towards where she wanted to go. Well, we thought we missed the turn. So I turned around and started going back down this two lane road. We're going, we're going, we're going. And then all of a sudden these, yeah, these Mexican uh, police officers come riding by in a Jeep. And they're like looking at like mean mugging us, like just really uncomfortable. Um, So they're honking at us and then they flip their lights on, pull a U-turn and come after us. And I'm like freaking out because, you know, I, we don't have pa- or passports. Yeah, we don't have passports. So we, never, we were never able to get that done. But the people at the cruise line were like, don't worry about it. Um, you don't need passports so long as you make it back onto the boat at all the port calls. So, you know, no big deal. Well, anyways, um, unless
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, so the Mexican police officers who are probably a good two feet shorter than me, I'm six foot four. So big dude, um, they pull us over, they come up to me looking down at these guys and they're trying to explain to me in broken English that one, I was speeding, which I know is impossible because the scooter could only go like 35 miles per hour. And two, I was driving the wrong direction on a one way road which didn't make (laughs) any sense to me either because it was a two lane road. I mean, there were literally two lanes. They had two solid yellow lines, you know, so this kind of goes back to like what John was talking about. Well, anyways, apparently it actually was a one way, a one way road. And they're telling me that it's going to be like a $300 fine in American money. um, And that they needed to take my driver's license. And I'm just freaking out. I didn't even know what to do. And I've been overseas before, uh, but never really dealt with, you know, foreign police officers. So my wife, had the great idea. I was sitting there thinking I was going to have to pull a Jason Bourne and get (laughs) us back to the boat. Um, But she had the great idea of just saying, well, instead of paying this fine and you guys taking his driver's license to the, oh, and the other thing was they were going to take my driver's license to the police station in downtown Cozumel and I'd have to go back and like pay to get it back. Um, She was like, well, what if we just gave you all of the money we had in, in his wallet? And the police officer, who wouldn't even, who wasn't even speaking good English, was like, "Oh, yeah, that works. How much do you have?" <laughs> so I pulled my wallet out and I had like sixty dollars, which is what I was going to pay for our lunch at this little place that she wanted to go to. Um, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's good, that's good." So handed the dude sixty bucks, uh, three twenty dollar bills, and he just let us go. And uh, so he literally, we- he literally robbed
2: you for your lunch money. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: some little, some short little dude robbed me my robbed me of my lunch money. It was, it was giving me flashbacks to uh, to high school. Um, Were you robbed other people and, of their lunch money? No, no, I was a nice
1: guy in high school. <laughs> sure, how the turntables turn? turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, so
3: and then uh, and that was pretty much the the extent of that. We went and had lunch. It was awful. Um, you know, super stressed the whole time about that whole situation because I. I don't like run in run ins with American police officers, let alone corrupt Mexican police officers. Um, had to get back, and uh, there was some big parade. They were shutting a bunch of roads down and everything. Finally, got back to the uh, the moped place to drop it off and get back to the boat within like thirty minutes of it departing. Um, so freaking out the whole time, and the guys at the uh, moped place were like super cool about it, and we explained the whole situation to them. And they were, it was interesting to me, they were basically like, well, what what kind of uniforms were they wearing? What did they look like? Did you get their names anything like that? Because they were going to report them because apparently that's a big issue of cops taking advantage of Americans on this island, which affects their livelihood essentially, because people don't want to go to Cozumel because of corrupt police officers. So it was kind of, it was just kind of a neat, neat experience. That was extraordinarily stressful. Um. I would probably go back to Cosmel, but I'm not going to ride a scooter there ever
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Man. All right,
2: who's next? Who's got one?
1: I've got one that I've got ready to go. Wow. All right, so it was in Ireland, and it was when we were going to the Skelliga Islands. You have to go there by boat. And we got to a little port where we all hop on a boat with the little irish captain and he's going around asking people for you know the money it was like 50 euros i think per person and my brother and i didn't realize that and we didn't have uh cash on us (laughs) so like uh we only got like 20 pieces like don't worry about it i was like okay we'll take care of it afterwards It's like great so i had so we go on to the little boat trip get to the islands you know have a good time but you know it's weighing on the back of my head that oh my gosh we're gonna have to do. This is so embarrassing, and so we finally go back, and everybody leaves. Okay, you know the closest ATM is like ten miles away. So follow me, and so he gets into his, his van and just takes off towards this other town that's like ten miles down the road. So we have to essentially follow him to the nearest ATM and finally get the the money out. And it was just kind of yeah, it wasn't too bad, but it was just kind of a little bit stressful, kind of weird.
0: Yeah, so both of your funny stories are about getting shaken down <laughs> for your money. That's kind of funny. <laughs>
3: about getting taken advantage of by yeah. uh, foreigners, which is why you stick to America. Back to my original point. Well,
0: uh, we'll shake you down here too. <laughs>
3: oh yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: man. Well, I want. I want to say. I want. Man, I want a couple.
2: Couple stories. Well, just avoid any that have to do with shakedowns because we got that covered.
0: Well, I've. I've, I've been shaken down i've I've learned from those so that's okay but i had I there's watch...
1: one i would say mine's a shakedown it was no just didn't have the cash on, on hands yeah <laughs> but yeah. we should have
0: true uh so uh i went to cambodia once and to get there uh, we had to fly in through thailand so we went we landed in bangkok took a I took a van uh, to the border town, and then had to walk across the border. And just getting our our stamps to get in, the visa stamps to get into the country from Thailand was difficult enough. And we get into to Cambodia, and we uh, we were doing mission trip stuff. We it was a medical mission trip, so we were with some doctors. All of us were American. Um, went to some villages, just doing medical stuff. It was kind of interesting. Um, came back, had to go back through the border into thailand again take a van to the airport well we get we get back we get on the airplane and one of the doctors like pulls out his phone and he's like dude check this out the thing like the first thing that popped up on the news was some americans got detained at the cambodia thailand border like while the cambodians in thai were like having a firefight at the same border like literally they're at in a conflict." shooting at each other across the border at the same border we were just at like two hours prior um that was pretty pretty weird just a bit (laughs) so that i mean that was just one of those like well we got out of there at the right time but uh the other one the one that came to mind first actually was i went to egypt once we took a river cruise down the nile and we'd stop at all the like all the touristy places you can get out and go see all the really cool historical stuff and um, like many places you travel to the locals have their own way of just like trying to get you to spend money there not unlike a lot of third world countries when you get off the the boat or the the bus or whatever there you just get surrounded by people trying to sell you stuff that's like all handmade stuff or like cheap knockoffs and um, like you're literally surrounded by by people all just accosting you like oh my friend buy this my friend this i have what you need i have this and uh like sometimes it's little kids doing it it's harder to say no but like it's you know like it's you can't you just have to like say no thank you keep walking sort of deal or else you're you're done um but i had one we, we got off at this uh this market this like i don't i don't even remember where it was i just remember we were in like an egyptian city and this was this famous market that everybody goes to to buy you know, the things you buy as souvenirs in Egypt, I guess. And I'm walking through this market and a guy comes up, uh, everyone's asking like, so what are you looking for? What are you looking for? What do you need? What do you want? And one guy, just the utmost confidence walks right up to me, looks me in the eyes, says, my friend, I have what you're looking for. I'm like, Oh, do you... oh really? <laughs> do I said, okay. He said, follow me. And I was like, okay. So I had been looking for a particular souvenir, For this whole trip, and I hadn't hadn't found it. Just but you know you're just going through. You're seeing knickknacks and like blankets that they want you to pay thousands of dollars for and that kind of stuff. So I was looking for this particular souvenir, and I was like, all right, maybe this guy has it. He says he has what I'm looking for. So he he tells me to follow him, and I start following him. We go like towards the end of the market. It's like this. It's like an alley, like a street, like a like think of Aladdin running through the streets in the beginning. Like that's what it's like, except. He takes me you know we take to the end of that, and then he t- turns, and now suddenly there's less people, but there's still a couple shots I like, that's, that's interesting, whatever it's kind of cool. I wonder if his shops over here. takes another turn, we walk like through a building and then we're in another alley and we take another turn, and the whole time I'm just like i I did have a friend with me, and I was like We were, like, looking at each other like, man, this is, uh...
2: (laughs) Okay, so this is how we die. Okay.
0: (laughs) But it was neat, because it's, like, suddenly we're in the very, like, no tourists here at all, and you're in, like, these five-foot-wide alleys of these adobe buildings, you know? Like, you're just... Yeah.
1: It's crazy. I have a different definition of neat,
0: then. (laughs) It was... It was... We were on our guard. We were both also very, like, capable, athletic young 20s males i think at the time but we, we were ready to run that we you know we'd, we'd given the look we probably could have outran him in his flip-flops you know so <laughs> you might uh, be anyway. surprised <laughs> i know all right well we didn't you know we were trying to figure out like hey can you rem- are we remembering the turns here well anyway he ta- eventually we get like seriously follow this guy for like 10 minutes and we get to the shop and he sure enough he, <laughs> he does i said well this is what i'm looking for this is what i want and uh he disappears we're in this tiny little shop that's like the size of a walk-in closet it's just like floor to ceiling knickknacks and he uh he disappears for like 10 minutes again my friend and i are just like oh dude this is not good well he comes back with exactly what i wanted i don't know, i don't know where he went to find him but it was amazing and then he tried to charge me like a ton of money so i spent another 10 minutes haggling it down and uh yeah eventually we we were just a, it like completely off the beaten path had no idea how to get back and but we eventually found our way. It was the weirdest experience
2: ever, and it very easily could have been <laughs> absolutely horrible. All right, so I'm going to let you say no if you want to. But, dude, you got to tell us what the – what was it? What would you buy? So it was a – it was
0: a handheld mirror. What? Like, think of what you would put uh, – uh... Did it Did it show you – the beast if you asked it to exactly that's <laughs> that that's like the kind of shape or whatever it was um and that yeah so it, it was like ornate and add that but i was i had been looking for a mirror and nobody had one like that so eventually i found it
2: cool i'm glad you found it that's a great story mm. glad you had that and
0: experience. and wait a
1: question and then did when you turned around was it shop gone <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, that's a story for another day.
2: <laughs> I love the the first few times you find yourself in a different culture where haggling is a normal thing, especially if it's like predatory isn't necessarily the right word, but there's like a, a strong pressure coming from them towards the tourist. The first time you find yourself in that situation and you like play ball, you're like, no, nah, I'm not paying you that. I remember that happening when my sister and I who later married Rob traveled Paris she was like saw this purse she's like oh I want I want that purse and I was like well okay sister Like, you want the purse go ask the guy and she came back she's like oh he wanted he wanted 50 euro that's way too much I'm not gonna pay that I was like okay well what'd you offer him and she's like what do you mean I was like well what'd you offer him she said he wanted 50 I was like I'll be right back I think I paid like 8 euro for it <laughs> like, Nice. <laughs> like it is- so it's a fun moment the first time you like figure it out how that works. My weird travel experience. I'm gonna go. There was a really cool one when I was 17 years old, where I, uh, I I'm not gonna use this whole one, but I was flying standby and I ended up spending like four days at the L.A. airport and then I, this was like in the MySpace age and. I used MySpace to link up with some friends of mine and Chris's, actually, um, mm-hmm. who we had been good friends with when we were in middle school. And I spent a couple of days with them. That was fun. But I'm going to use a different one. I'm going to use this guy's name because his name was also Chris. This was the motorcycle trip. Okay. So my wife and I had been traveling for probably about a month at this point, And we were in Colorado. And we loved traveling through Colorado and we had spent more time there than we intended to because we kept finding places. We had to go see this. Like we were convinced we had to go see Rocky mountain national park. And then we passed a campsite that we we're like, Oh, that's so cool. We got to stay the night here. This is mainly me. She, she was like, let's go, and I, but I had to do it. And so we were way behind our schedule. So we were going to cut off a bunch of stuff that we were intending to go see. And just get on the interstate and get out of Colorado because we had to make it to uh, the Grand Canyon. That was the next thing we were going to see. And, you know, we kind of had a couple hard dates that we were trying to hit of people, people's houses we were staying in and stuff. So we pulled over at a grocery store. She ran in to go grab some fruits and things like that. And I was going to sit there with our, our maps and figure out how to get to the interstate and get out of there, which that's an important point. We used paper maps the entire time we were traveling. With very rare exceptions, if we couldn't figure out where we were and had to get to like a, we like we got to find a motel, you know, Google motel near me. But for the most part, we use paper maps. And that's a huge advantage in my mind because I have a record right here on my shelf behind me of everywhere we went. It's right there drawn out with notes where we went and things like that. So I pull out the maps and this guy pulls up next to me in a pickup truck. And he's got kind of a slight German accent. And he asked, he's like, hey, you know, where are you from? Where are you going? I'm not going to try to do the accent. And that's the thing that happens when you're traveling on a motorcycle. They call it the motorcycle delay factor. People are going to come up next to you and ask where you're from and where you're going. The thing that happens, especially when you're in Colorado and your license plate says Georgia. They're going to come talk to you. So I start telling them the whole thing. And we're getting on the interstate to get out of here. We got to get to the Grand Canyon. And the dude just like casually puts his truck in park and hops out. He's like, let me see your maps, man. Where are you going? Where have you been? And the next thing I know, I've got four state maps laid out in front of me on the, on the parking lot. I got a pencil and a highlighter. And this dude is telling me everything because he's a huge motorcycle fanatic. He ran away from home when he was a teenager in Germany. He ended up in Colorado. He'd been there for 20 years. And he has like nine motorcycles. It's all he does. He rides everywhere that he can. And he's ridden every road pretty much in the American Southwest. And he's telling me highway names, state route names to a T exactly where I need to go. And before I knew it, I had the next four days of riding lined out. He told me where to camp where to get gas, where to make sure and get lunch at this place, all the way from Colorado to the Grand Canyon. He had it laid out for us, like really specific. He's like, this this is a dirt route, but you're on a BMW GS, so you'll be okay through there. You know, make sure you get gas here because there's another 150 miles before you can get gas and everything. And he talked us into going to the North Room of the Grand Canyon in the middle of that conversation, which was a huge advantage. It was wonderful. It was one of those moments where I was about to abandon a big piece of traveling, but by th- the rarest happenstance, this guy, this like video game level piece of information bearing character <laughs> rolled into the scene and was like, let me give you everything you need to complete your quest correctly. Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, Gan- <laughs> Gandalf just rolls in in the Did middle of the forest. Did press the, the hint button? Yeah, it was awesome. And it's one of the, I'll never, ever forget that moment. We had a bunch of people come up to us and give us great tips on that trip. You know, they'd ask where you're going and they'd say, oh, this is a beautiful motorcycle ride. You have to go down this road or that road. And there was roads we found by accident, you know, thinking we just wanted to stay off the interstate because that was a goal for us. But that dude at that grocery store parking lot was a, a pinnacle of travel for me. Because he had all the information. He had it at the right time. Like the precise moment we were about to get boring for a few days, he made it way, way cooler than it could have been in the first place. That's my travel experience.
0: That is nice. Pretty cool. That is
2: yeah, it's cool. It's weird, I guess. It's special. Special weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. I had some other notes in here that I thought maybe we should try to talk about. How you record your travels. We've gone pretty long. Recording travels, making changes as you travel. John brought that up at the beginning when he talked about traveling Ireland with his brother. He said they were going to go to the west on the coast, and then you end up going a little more central. Uh, People you meet along the way. There's so much. Like, man, we could talk about travel for a long time.
0: Hmm. We could.
2: (laughs) We have. (laughs) We 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 have an hour now. Okay, so I, I I'll punt it this way. Give me your final thoughts on, based on this conversation or other things you maybe would have liked to bring in, what's your advice on traveling? And you can make it as broad or as specific as you want to. You could, if your advice is, always bring a Leatherman. That's a great piece of advice, uh, which, always bring a Leatherman, by the way, if you're traveling. I'll take that one for a starter.
3: Unless you're flying because they will confiscate <laughs> you yeah. you know what
2: yeah we're out of something now
1: if you're traveling domestically
2: <laughs> yeah parting thoughts meta
0: thoughts advice my biggest thing about travel uh is i get i get nervous for people i'm very security minded and i, I mean, i've had a lot of training some of it you know like officially some of it learned from experience kind of thing but be safe uh, i think a lot of people that travel from the United States especially are pretty ignorant when it comes to that stuff and you end up in situations like I was in in Egypt except instead of somebody trying to sell you something on you know this back alley you know they they actually want to do bad things um unfortunately uh it, it tends to I mean I think women traveling alone tend to be more of the victims but anybody is susceptible to these types of tourist traps if you will um, you become a target, especially if you highlight yourself as somebody who is not normally from that that place. Uh, if you're a tourist, so just be smart when you travel and be safe and keep in mind. Uh, as much as we'd like it to be this way, um, not everybody is nice like you. And some people, you know, some people out there really don't like you. For the Americans out there, some people really just don't like Americans. I've seen it a lot. Like so
2: be careful. There's some great resources out there for female travelers. I I see it in the motorcycle world there's there's a pretty substantial number of solo female motorcyclists and they have they they put up resources for safety considerations, but they come with an a tone of like, hey guys, like got it, we're going to be smart, but let's not let that keep us from doing the travel in the first place. You can still do it, but be smart, you know?
0: The, so the movies, uh, the Taken movies, the first, I'll say the first Taken movie, right? That started off completely realistic. The unre- unrealistic side of that was the former CIA guy who comes to hunt them all down. Like that's, the the way that would really work out is exactly like the first 15, 20 minutes of that movie, except you would never see that girl again. Yeah, well. And that actually happens. Like yep. you, you gotta be careful.
2: That's true. That's true. Not the meta thought that i thought we'd get out of you but it's true and it's important to be
0: okay uh more uplifting i'm sorry everybody <laughs> <laughs> bummed by that <laughs> i i know i really encourage you to to travel don't don't like be scared of traveling just be just be smart um but what i would say is when you do start traveling think about why you're traveling uh it's to usually it's to have a good time have a uh have new experiences. So don't let all the other stuff get in the way of that. And I I get frustrated, you know, traveling if something isn't going, like, the time I wanted it to happen, if we're delayed. But you just got to remember, like, you know, you're there to have an experience, to have fun. Enjoy your travels if, you know, if it's something that's meant to be enjoyed. There you go.
1: And to kind of piggyback off that last part of this, enjoy, don't be afraid to change up the plan a little bit because you will have everything laid out exactly where you want it to be, but something's going to happen. You're going to have to change something. Don't be afraid to go off script and enjoy yourself. And if you end up getting a fight with a significant other or a family member, just step back. Remember, you're going to have to see them for however long that you're on the uh, trip with them. So try to keep the peace.
2: (laughs) Keep the peace.
3: I like that. Rob. All right. So two things. One, and this goes out to, everybody, but particularly Americans, because like I've kind of leaned heavily on um, with traveling inside of America, don't wait to travel because it's expensive to do it. So if you want to go to Europe, that's great. You know, try and, you know, save up for it and whatnot. But don't miss out on opportunities that you have in your own country that you can do much more affordable amounts of money um, that you could do now. Don't wait to do it. Second, and it kind of ties in with that, um, it, I have a uh, one of my best friends growing up, his dad, um, who I still stay in very close contact with, actually closer than one of my best friends growing up, um, he made a comment one time that was, he went on this really cool motorcycle ride up into Washington. They, I think they went into Canada a little bit and kind of dabbled around there. But one of the things he said that really stuck with me was, I can't believe I waited until I was in my 50s to do this. To go on this like, you know, you know, experience something like that, go on this uh, you know, exploration, ride of a lifetime. Um so just don't don't put it off because life is short and you're going to run out of opportunities and run out of time. So just do what you can when you can and don't put it off.
2: Yeah, dude, that's exactly the direction I was going. I'm going to steal a quote I know I'm not going to steal it. I'm going to cite the quote from the YouTube channel, keep your daydream that my parents have been watching. They're a RV family. They do RVing um, longer term. They go months at a time. And they say it's something like um, start now, start small, start small, start now or something like that. Yeah. Like don't wait until you can buy a hundred thousand dollar RV to start RVing. Don't wait (laughs) until you can take a year and a half off to go travel America or you don't need three months to go do Europe. Like, what do you have right now? Go start doing that. And that was my biggest takeaway from the biggest, longest travel experience I've had, which was six weeks. I, when we finished that, I looked back and I realized, you know, we've seen people in all kinds, of, all over the country traveling with all side, different ages of their family progression. That's anywhere from couples at the time we didn't have any kids to single people. To people with small children, we saw a bunch of people small children, to kids that were you know you know five to ten years old, people with teenagers. we camped next to a family that most of their kids were college age and it was one of their kids uh was married, so they had that couple there with them, and then there was retired people it, it doesn't matter where your family progression is that's no reason to travel to not travel and we saw. Many of those groups with every different variation of travel apparatus or vehicle or whatever, motorcycles like us. With, there was a dude we ran into at a gas station who was 19 years old, and he was borrowing his dad's motorcycle. He told us that usually he rode with his parents. Usually they'd go together. We ran into a retired couple that were – well, I, guess, I shouldn't say retired, but their, their kids weren't there anymore. The kids were moved out, but they were still working. But they were in their, their 50s. Motorcycling, a couple together. Um, and they were on separate motorcycles. Um, a family that was in a travel van with their youngest kid was two. We camped next to a couple with a Ford, um, not Escape, but Explorer, a Ford Explorer and a small travel trailer behind them. They had an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. It's really every age group, every different, of course, RVers, you get bigger RVers. It gets easier when you have, All that, But every different type of vehicle, type of family, they're all out there traveling. And you don't need that much for what you have in your garage or parked outside your house right now to go travel. You need maybe an oil change, check your tires, and then pick a state park or a national park near you and and just make a plan and go do it. So that's my closing thought is make a plan and go travel. You can do it from where you are right now. Find something cool near you and go look at it and open yeah. yourself up to experiences along the way.
0: For sure. And for those of you who don't want to camp, because you know you don't need an RV to go camping. You just, you know, technically you don't even need a tent, but there are plenty of towns and cities that you can go and have awesome experiences at that you know, it's not going to cost you that much money to go stay in a hotel for two nights. And see, like, some of our favorite trips recently have been to just towns that are about, you know, a comfortable day's drive away. Like, we went to Birmingham. That was fun. It was a fun trip. We just went to Birmingham. Like, there's Chattanooga. I think we did Chattanooga as well. It's like, those kind of trips were great. And we just found an affordable hotel to stay in. Just drove there with
2: the family. It was fun. Just Yeah. Go there and do it. Oh, and keep good notes. Paper maps. Keep a journal. Write down what you did. TikToks for sure. snapchats (laughs)
0: snapchats you know something that stays around
2: yeah please no no we uh we we look back on our stuff sometimes we try to it takes a few minutes to remember what we did on what day or who we saw where in which town all this kind of thing so keep a good record that's my other one but my main closing thought is go out and go do it do something if you can
0: that was a fun episode taylor that's cool
2: i'm glad you guys liked it traveling's cool we could talk a lot more about all these different things, regions, styles of travel. I mean, there's we could keep going, but I think it's wrapped up. One of those closing thoughts.
1: Yeah. So, so thanks for everyone following along with depends on the topic.
2: Someone else want to say to cue the outro music.
1: Cue the outro.